capture the adrenaline that's shooting off in the electricity, he captures it right there on paper. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Hirschfeld. Well, I've drawn ever since I could hold a pencil. Actually, all kids draw. I just never stopped. Coming to you live from the Hirschfeld... Oh, I was going to say the Hirschfeld Century pop-up. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Hirschfeld Pop-Up Gallery in Manchester, Vermont, this is the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I'm David Leopold, the creative director of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. I'm the archives manager, Catherine Eastman. All right. And we're up, we are away from home today. We are. We are very far away from home. It's like an out-of-town tryout. It it is actually an out-of-town tryout. We are in Manchester, Vermont, like I just said. Uh, for a pop-up gallery that we installed. We put together for uh, Art Manche- Arts Manchester, uh, an organization that is bringing artists and empty uh, store space uh, together as a revitalization program for uh, Manchester, Vermont, and the region. And they provided us with a truly stunning space that we brought up over 100 works to and have decorated it. And it's quite a wonderful little spot. Uh, It's going to be here through October. It's open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays and by appointment. Um, And it's got a little bit of everything uh, just in terms of subject matter as well as artwork. There are lithographs, etchings, uh, drawings, books, uh, shirts, um, we've got a, a little corner for uh, uh, kids um, to find Nina. Or adults who don't know what Nina is. There are some, you know that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, we also have samples of the uh, Hirschfeld curriculum that was developed with the New York City Board of Education and that is used in their schools and we're soon going to take nationwide. Um, so it's a little bit of everything. It's a great opportunity for people in that region to not have to travel anywhere to see Hirschfeld. So if you're up in New England between now and October 15th, maybe as long as October 30th, uh, you can see Hirschfelds that you've never seen before, as well as a lot of old friends. Yep. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We have banners and stuff. It looks like a really nice space. It's fun. Yeah. And the and what is so great is the people of Manchester have been so wonderful. Uh, um, Carolyn Blitz of Manchester Magazine and Stratton, Manchester Life Magazine, have been really so supportive and wonderful. And we've been very fortunate. We have a board member up in the area, Josh Sherman, who runs this really fantastic place called The Mill in East Arlington, uh, an old grist mill that he's turning into a real great performing arts venue. And uh, Josh and Carolyn contacted us because they're involved in something called ITV Fest, which is independent television. Uh, It's a week-long festival that they have up there where people come from all over and talk about independent television. And they thought it would be great to have an exhibition of TV-related work. We gave them something better. It's TV, theater, film, music, all those things. Dance. And, and dance, of course. <laughs> um, and they love it. And uh, But we have some great drawings up there uh, that are very TV related. Mm-hmm. And it got us thinking about television. So today's podcast, since, we were, since we've come up here for ITV Fest, we've decided to do TV Guides. Oh, the great TV Guides. Yes. The, uh, out of all the... Artist who contributed to uh, covers to TV Guide, 
Hirschfeld's probably the best known Definitely. and probably the most collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TV Guide covers themselves, not even the originals we're talking about. No. There's a active subculture of people who collect TV Guide covers by Hirschfeld. And I'm one of them. You are. I am. I'm only missing one, and it's a TV Guide Canada, so it that doesn't really count. Well, that's a d- different story. Are you saying Canadians don't count? Well, it's TV Guide Canada, so it's a different publication. It is, it, uh, without a doubt. Uh, how many do you think you have? Uh, 41? Wait, 43? With think, the Friends covers? I think it's 43, yeah. 43, yeah. And uh, So I have everyone except the one TV Guide Canada. And for those of you who did not grow up with TV Guide, it's very hard to imagine how important this publication Mm. was. It was digest size, which means Mm -hmm. that it was about half the size of a sheet of paper. Actually, a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. And it was one of the first magazines that was featured at checkout uh, lanes in supermarkets. Mm. And everybody saw the covers. It was a very shared uh, national iconography. Right. Even if you didn't watch TV, even if you didn't buy TV Guide, you saw the covers. Right. And the covers were, of course, the 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 come on to to buy the uh, magazine. Of course, the other thing that made you buy the magazine is it had all the listings of what was going to be on television. Right. So if you needed to know, if for some odd reason you did not know what time What's My Line was on <laughs> Sundays at 10 p.m., you would have to buy the TV guide to but see what was on TV. You might know when your, uh, your regular shows right, were on, right. but you didn't know what was going to be on the late light show movie yeah, or what sporting events. Yeah. And in the age before the internet, and there was an age before the internet. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> uh, to get this information, was it was appointment programming. You needed to know when you needed to be there. Mm, right. And especially when it debuted in 1953, there was no such thing as the VCR. Uh, there was really no such thing as uh, tape in, in television. They had kinescopes, mm. which were a whole different thing. Uh, so the TV Guide magazine was very important to mm-hmm. uh, to people who watch television, which increasingly was becoming most of the country. Right. Uh, Hirsch, although the, the first issue of TV Guide was in April 1953, Hirschfeld appears 11 months later. His very first drawing uh, shows a, a bunch of dancing legs under a curtain. Yeah. And it was in TV Guide on March 13th, 1954. I wonder what that was for. I don't know what it was for. I should have looked that up. We have the we drawing. Recording. <laughs> we do have the original drawing. It's a very small. It's actually almost TV guide size. <laughs> it really is. It's and, a tiny uh, drawing. Yeah, but it's very sweet. It's just legs, Dan. You know, like showgirls legs up from under a curtain and a little maestro in the front. Yeah, you see the conductor's arms and his mm-hmm. baton, and it's uh, and it's really wonderful. The next drawing uh, is. Uh, also in the interior of the magazine, it's uh, now commonly referred to as the Quiz Masters montage. And this featured all the different quiz shows that were on TV mm. from the $64,000 question to You Bet Your Life right. uh, to uh, um, I, was Password on there? Um, uh, it does not we're gonna say. We're going to have to cut that. <laughs> 
Do you trust your wife? Uh, People Are Funny is on there. Um, Charlie McCarthy and uh, Edgar Bergen, of course, and Mortimer Snurd. Uh, Do You Trust Your Wife? Uh, Truth or Consequences. I remember that one. Uh, I've never heard. I've only heard of You Bet Your Life and $64,000 Question. And there it is, the generation divide. Uh, Don't talk to me about generation divides. I have all of these TV Guide covers, and I'm wearing my What's My Line t-shirt specifically for this episode. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I am a dedicated TV fan, (laughs) I guess, even though I don't have cable. Well, uh, but but the one you're wearing is not the uh, the TV TV Guide guide cover. cover. It's the CBS Sunday montage, which we'll have to do another episode on. Oh, that's a whole other thing. So after the Quiz Masters montage... The something happens. Hirschfeld gets uh, the assignment to do a cover, and he mm. does it of how March of the sixty-four thousand dollar question. And uh, if for those of you who don't know, it was, uh, do you want to be a millionaire? How, uh, who wants to be, be a millionaire? millionaire uh, except they only went up to sixty-four thousand dollars. Right. And um, actually, the cover line on the uh, on the TV guide was, is this for real? You know, how do we know it's not fake? I, uh, and um, the fact, it's really ironic because soon they would find out that the $64,000 question was fake. Right. It was a, it was a, it was staged. It's they set staged. up who was going to win. I know that was like a whole big thing. Yes. It was, a, it, and case. it was a scandal. Yeah. It was, a, and it made people think twice. There was this, uh, deluge of quiz shows and all of a sudden it seemed like they really weren't quiz shows or game shows um i'm gonna go with quiz shows because they would ask questions it's it's factual questions in the sixty four thousand dollar question oh yes and uh, truth or consequences even you bet your life they're they're real questions they're They're questions about real things uh so um i thought it was the game shows that got in trouble well, this shows? was a game show in which well, they asked questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, TV fans, come at us. Help yes, us out here. Uh, there is well, anyway, it's a great piece. It's got this really vivid yellow background. Yeah, and Hal March's eyes have coins in them. Uh, it is. He looks uh, fabulous. It's really. They great. talk about Elvis up on the top, which so, made me very happy. So you Can know I tell a quick story? By all means. When I bought this TV guide on eBay, I had to buy it with three other TV guide covers. They were selling them as a lot for $20. Right. And this was the only one on eBay at the time. So obviously I had to get that one. So I bought it for $20. When I got it and looked at the other three covers, they were not Hirschfelds. They were just regulars. And when I got the other three, one of them, it, I can't remember. It was around the same time, around 1956. And... It had a mailing label still on it, and the mailing label was for a house in Allentown, Pennsylvania that was two blocks away from where I live right now. It was totally weird. So, of course, I looked up this man, whose name it was, and I tracked down his granddaughter, and I mailed it to them. They lived in Connecticut, and I mailed them this TV guide saying that, you know, I didn't feel right just throwing it in the trash because it was so close to my house, and she sent me a very nice little thank you letter back saying 
that it was sweet. It brought up memories of that house, and they still come to the Allentown Fair every year. So <laughs> that's my connection with this, uh, my personal story with this. Uh, I am TV so glad cover. to find out that you're a TV Guide stalker. I am. Well, I'm a genealogist, too, on the side, and so I will find your grandchildren. <laughs> Please. I hope I do nothing Don't wrong worry. in my life. She'll find out. <laughs> All right, so what's the next one? So that's his uh, cover debut. So that's September of 1956, uh, less than two months later, about six weeks later, he does a great cover of Edward R. Murrow. Oh, classic Ed. Yeah, now this, this is a great cover. It is a great cover. While the original How March is in the Museum of, well, what we used to call it the Museum of Television and Radio, now it's called the Paley Center for Media, the Edward R. Murrow uh, cover is in the National Portrait Gallery mm-hmm. because it is such an excellent portrait of Murrow. Yeah. Uh, he's got two phones to his ears. Uh, he's got, of course, a cigarette, cigarette dangling from his mouth. It's got this sort of, I don't know, the vomit green behind it. Yeah. It's uh, nasty but green. it will make you look twice. Yeah. And when it's printed on the TV guide, it looks different. Like this, this blue that's his shirt, it's so, it's a very cerulean bright blue. But he knew what colors what colors would look like when they were finally printed. Right. And so these colors are actually much brighter than how they appeared on the TV guide. Most he, definitely. Yeah. And he, so he was always thinking when he did use color, wasn't he always kind of thinking of how it would actually look? He was conscious, without right. a doubt. He, he understood that he was working in an art that was going to be reproduced. Right. So he had to be conscious of how that would look. And uh, so he, he played it well. Uh, while we look at the original now and it looks a little colorful, right? Uh, it actually works when it's printed. Right. It works when it, it's not printed, oh, it but it, it, it's yeah. it, it's a different color when it's printed. But it, yeah. it it he he figured out he did the math right. Yeah. yeah. On it. Uh, one month later, he is on the cover of TV Guide again. This wow. time, George Burns and uh, his wife Gracie Allen. Uh, uh, you know, George Burns, who would later famously said, well, Hirschfeld's no Picasso, but then Picasso was no Hirschfeld. Oh, that's cute. Uh, That's a a (laughs) t-shirt. Don't go to our shop looking for it. We don't have it. (laughs) But George Burns and Gracie Allen, he had been drawn, he had drawn 12 years earlier for their radio program. Oh, right. And uh, uh, he, he drew Gracie Allen as far back as 1936. Wow. So, I mean, this is a man with uh, legs, as, as the people he was drawing. I mean, they were vaudevillians mm-hmm. who progressed to the stage and then to uh, radio, radio and then television. And, and that's Hirschfeld's story in, in some ways, too. Mm. So it, and the hits just keep coming. Uh, 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 one month later from there, he's doing Arthur Godfrey, who had a show that was the it you know it was he, it was like America's Got Talent except he was, oh, it was its own talent show. Oh okay. Uh, Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts. Gotcha. Um, then January 1957. They don't even wait a month at this point. Yeah. The, the art director realizes uh, or must realize that Hirschfeld sells magazines. People pick it up because he then does a great image of Bob Hope, mm-hmm. uh, who was had a regular TV special at that time. 
It's cute. He's got a pink wrap background, and and again, this looks his face looks so orange. But maybe he was very tan. Oh, he was very tan. Was yeah, he? Of okay. course. Well, I've only seen him in black and white, so <laughs> I wasn't that old to see him live and in living color. Oh, I see. Oh. Creek. <laughs> Next is Lawrence Welk, who's also very tan, apparently. Uh, he uh, Lawrence Welk had a regular TV show on. It's hard to believe that an accordion player would have a TV show. <laughs> My how times have changed. <laughs> Uh, but he had this TV show that played popular music. In he had his own band, and they, right. people watched, and they would have dancers on. And it's to watch it now; it seems so old-fashioned. Yeah. But that may have been one of its charms, even then. Yeah, that it was just kind of hunky-dory. Yes. The only time I've ever watched Lawrence Welk is the, S- the SNL clips where they make fun. Of him. Yes. <laughs> where they make fun of him. So I've never watched Lawrence Welk. Ooh, this is a good one. Sid Caesar. Again, we're now talking one every month. Yeah. This one is so yellow. And I don't know who Sid Caesar is, but I really like it. Sid Caesar, a great comic, uh, okay. who was starring in uh, your show of shows, which had this all-star writing cast of all the great comedy writers who would go on. Neil mm. Simon was a writer on there. Woody Allen would uh, serve some time uh, on the writing oh, staff wow. there. It, it was a it was a really, really important show. Mm. In fact, the Dick Van Dyke show, the show in the show that uh, the uh, Dick, Van Dyke, uh, Dick show. Van Dyke is is supposedly writing for is based on Sid Caesar's show. Oh, and Carl Reiner then plays the Sid Caesar character to much hilarity. Okay. Carl Reiner you. is hilarious. <laughs> then the important cover of comes. Of course, we have, this is, what is it? Is it July 1957? Yes. The What's My Line cover, which is my favorite. Everybody knows I love What's My Line. But it is actually a very nice cover. Um, it really captures everybody in the TV show. That's the first one I can say from experience. That, yes, he got it. <laughs> so... Yeah. He, he is a a regular presence. Uh, yeah. and this is followed by Phil Silvers, uh, Lucy, of course. He does Lucy. Well, Lucy covers a great cover. I mean, he's only been working for a year, and he has already drawn essentially the founding fathers and a mother mm. of television of comedy. television yeah. and television comedy primarily. But Edward R. Murrow is not oh, that's a, true. A, yeah. a comedy. No, definitely. Um, and he would continue to draw most, a lot of comic figures, but not yeah. always comic. Be his next drawing after Lucille Ball is Alfred Hitchcock. Right. What was he doing for TV? Do we know? Oh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which oh, was an anthology series. Shows what I know. What, which would they would do? They were half hour. Uh, so uh, like, uh, what's that show you like a lot? Twilight Zone. Yeah, so like that. It was like that. Oh, yeah. it was a precursor to that actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, look at me. I was always like, why is there a Alfred Hitchcock TV guy cover? Oh, <laughs> right. It's, it's, Don't put that in my one. employer reveal. I won't. <laughs> so the next one is an interior illustration. There may be more of these. Right. I'd like to tell you that we have all the time in the world to look at every <laughs> TV guide yeah. that's ever been published. Right. And that would not be true. Yeah. We don't. We, we're so uh, involved. You know, uh, I, I often say that Hirschfeld's been gone for 14 years, and he's very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are constantly being asked to uh, put together uh, exhibitions like or contribute things. Yes, like Manchester to create a gallery uh, from scratch is right. not something you do in your spare time. Right. And so it doesn't give us all the time to track down every single issue to see if on any page there is a Hirschfeld drawing. (laughs) 
But sometimes we find them anyway. Yeah. And, well, we like to check in the account books because oh, yeah. he often wrote, you know, so and so for TV Guide was paid this amount, you know, on this date. And there is one that I've been trying to track down. And it's Steve Allen. Oh. Of course. And I think it's from 62 or 64. And I have looked in like all the April 1962 or 64, which is what his account book said. And I couldn't find it. All I could find, it was for To Tell the Truth. And all I could find was the Bud Collier to tell, or I, the Bud Collier, I've got a secret. Yes. But and I was like, maybe he just, maybe he was a little confused. Maybe he got mixed maybe, up. Yeah, maybe he got mixed up and there is no Steve Allen. But I'm on the hunt for it. We do not believe that Al Hirschfeld was infallible. No, 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 totally not. Uh, and sometimes he wrote down the wrong name. <laughs> well, oh. anyway, so we did this uh, interior drawing of Esther Williams, John Raitt, and Dinah Shore. Uh, they all had different programs Lord on that what. week. Yeah. Uh, and this was just part of the listing. Yeah. Then we have a Lassie TV Guide cover, which is totally crazy. Uh, I would say it's his best dog cover ever. It, uh, it is definitely 100%. Yeah. Um, it, uh, of course, it is his only dog cover. <laughs> Uh, but it is a great one, and it's for anybody, I mean, Lassie, like Lassie. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Lassie was like a, a, a superhero. Dog. Yeah, uh, he saved people. With his uh, owner was always Lassie's getting into trouble. What is it, girl? What is it? Lassie? Oh, right. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I think it was played by a male dog. I'm not as hung sorry. up on gender as you are. Well, I you're not as hung up on dogs as I am. <laughs> That's, that's true. That's what it really is. <laughs> that is true. We work with two dogs here, Bennett mm-hmm. and uh, um, Chandler. Mm-hmm. And Actually, both named for TV characters. Says something about you. Bennett, Surf, and Chandler from Friends. And we'll get to Chan- uh, Friends in this episode. Give us time. We will get to we'll everything. Get to, yeah. <laughs> from What's My Line to Friends, the Catherine Eastman story. So, I mean, the next couple of covers, which come at a fairly quick rate. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in March of 1958, you could have seen two covers, The Lassie and three weeks later, Perry Como. Yep. Uh, and then l- three weeks later, you could have seen Hugh O'Brien as Wyatt Earp. Now, this is interesting. He doesn't do another cover for uh, nine months. Hmm. Why he doesn't do another cover for nine months, we will never know. What, what was he doing in 1959? He was drawing. Oh, nothing. He wasn't going around the world with S.J. Perlman or anything. No, that had been okay. about 10 years earlier. So that would have been a good excuse. I was just checking. Yes. <laughs> there was something. Um. Uh, the first cover that he does in 1959 is pretty much the first cover of 1959, mm. it's Milton Berle, yeah, that's who, again, one. another founding father of American television. He had a show on that was a variety show that everybody watched. Uncle mm. Mildy was, when that came on, everybody stopped, and you went over to someone's <laughs> house if you didn't have a TV, and you watched it because this was a funny person. Right. And he did, he had great writers, and uh, he he was very, very entertaining. Yeah. And Hirschfeld did a great portrait of him. And Which is also in the National Portrait Gallery. That is true. That is yep. a, another great portrait in the National Portrait mm-hmm. Gallery by Hirschfeld. I remember the first time I, like, well, Milton Berle was on What's My Line? And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's hilarious. And you were like, Catherine. It's Milton Berle. We know. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know. That's uh, like saying Abraham Lincoln is so presidential. He was such a great president. Did you know? <laughs> uh, we also have Jack Parr. This one's interesting, actually. I've never noticed this. It's like half gouache painting 
right. then half line work. Right. That's kind of neat. It's Hirschfeld exploring and new ways of Nina. doing it. It's got Nina right in his arm. <laughs> Jack Parr was a great friend of, of Al's. Mm. And they uh, enjoyed each other's company. Uh, Al, actually right around this time, uh, Al's friend Alexander King. Oh, this is a great story. Was many things. He was an artist. He was an editor. He was a writer. He was a great raconteur. And he was a very, very important uh, influence on Hirschfeld. Mm. Uh, they had known each other since the early 30s. Wow. And Alex was one of those people who just uh, left him his mark on any uh, buddy that he knew. But he and Hirschfeld saw eye to eye in a way that few people ever saw eye to eye with Al Hirschfeld. <laughs> uh, he he was many things, including a junkie. Uh-oh. And he, when he, he, Hirschfeld was the guy who would pick him up after he was done in detoxing or rehabbing. Uh, Hirschfeld was the guy who helped him out with the money mm. or tried to find him work, you know, when he could. Al loved him. And even when Alex was an impossible person and he even told uh, Alexander King's wife to stay away from him, mm. he really never lost his affection for him. And he was a great storyteller. King was a great raconteur. And his friends always said, you should write that down. And one day, he does that. Mm. It takes more than one day, but he decides to put it in. And Mine Enemy Grows Older is the name of the book. And uh, S.J. Perlman uh, gets him a book contract with uh, Simon & Schuster. They print up the copies. They publish it right during a newspaper strike in New York. Mm. And again, it's hard for people to understand if you didn't understand the power of a newspaper but a newspaper strike in New York meant that most pe- that's where people got their book reviews. There was a very active, each every paper, and there were still several in New York at that time, had extensive book review sections. They reviewed books during uh, one, at least one book every day. And on Sunday, they would have a, a, a book review section that might review 20 or 30 books. And a good review, in the, for instance, in the New York Times, would make a book a bestseller. And a bad review would kill it. But having no review meant there was no way for people to find out about it. Uh, I mean, sure, there was radio and sure, there was TV, but those were not really big ways to promote books at that time. Well, here Alex had written this book and it was it was dying on the vine. And Al told Jack Parr that he should have Alexander King on his program. Uh, Jack Parr was then hosting The Tonight Show, mm. and which was in its infancy. So Jack Parr, I mean, Hirschfeld was somebody you took, uh, uh, was actually the kind of guy you listened to. I mean, Al knew what he was talking about. So he books Alexander King on. He's the last guest of the night. He comes on and he starts to talk just like he always spoke, but he talks about getting tired of waiting around and having to pee and doing all these things. And Al and Dolly are sitting in their home on 95th Street watching this. And Al told me this. He said, we were watching it and I realized that I was never going to speak to Alex again. Mm -hmm. That he was doing, uh, that Jack was going to get all these phone calls and it was going to be terrible for Jack. He hoped that Jack Parr would speak to him again. Right. Um, And Al was right. The, The switchboard lit up. People were calling in even before the segment was over. They weren't calling in to complain. They were calling in to say, finally, there's an adult on television. (laughs) 
And Alexander King becomes a regular guest on The Tonight Show. That's so funny. The book becomes a bestseller. He ends up writing four volumes of memoirs. Wow. Uh, one of which is dedicated to the Hirschfelds. Aw, that's uh, sweet. Yes, uh, they were great friends, really, mm-hmm. really great friends. Um, but that Jack Parr cover is uh, is really tremendous. It's in the Hirschfeld century. Yeah, I is. really thought it was a, a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes on that same year, he does Jackie Gleason, again, a painted head and a lined body. Uh, and then he doesn't do a cover in 1963, and in 1964, he starts doing drawings for the inside of the publication, particularly for articles by S.J. Perlman, the two of them who had traveled the world together and had hmm. he had illustrated three Perlman books, right. numerous articles. Um, they were now joined together in the pages of TV Guide. Oh, interesting. Uh, and that started a regular appearance of Hirschfeld in the pages of TV Guide. He started doing... By 1966, they're asking him to do drawings for reviews of new shows. And this is funny because, in a way, his drawings are very similar to his theater drawings. He's, right, he's drawing these shows before he, if, he knows if they're going to be hits or flops. It's not important to him whether they're going to be hits or flops. He's trying to capture the essence of the show in relatively small drawings on the pages of a relatively small magazine. Right. And... These drawings are wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Gene Arthur, uh, Batman, the Beverly Hillbillies, a girl from Uncle, which we have actually up here in yeah. Manchester, mm-hmm. uh, Marlon Perkins, Rat Patrol, which we also have up here yeah. in, uh, in Tarzan. Manchester, Tarzan. Uh, there are so many. Mission Impossible, the Monkeys. The monkeys. Now you have a special connection with the monkeys. Well, I don't really, but <laughs> I'm going to say this. I know this for a fact because yeah. I can see both of them at the same time. But if you were to look at the monkeys drawing that appeared in TV Guide in 1966, and you look at the second figure from the left, it's Mickey Dolan. Mickey Dolan's. You will have a very good picture of what Catherine Eastman looks like. It doesn't. Okay, so we were when we went to Wizard World. <laughs> as the Al Hirschfeld Foundation in Philadelphia, this this young girl, like my age, comes up and is looking at the stuff, and she goes, are you Mickey Dolan's cousin? <laughs> and I said, who's Mickey Dolan's? Is that your friend? And she's like, no, he's one of the monkeys. You look just like him. Are you sure you're not cousins? I was like, I don't think I'm cousins with a monkey. And, you know, I'm monkey. <laughs> Haven't read your Darwin. <laughs> no. And, uh, and then I proceeded to Google Mickey Dolan's, and I look just like him. Unfortunately, it was weird and scary, and I don't like it, but I do look very similar to Mickey Dolan. She wears it well. Thanks. Well, it's the small eyes and the way he smiles and the nose. It just yeah. all kind of matches up. It's, it's it, it is uncanny. It's big I, cheeks or something. I think I don't think I would have uh, seen it in, until it was pointed out to me. Yeah. But once it's been pointed out to me, I can't unsee it. I that uh, Mickey yeah. Dolan's and Catherine Eastman to me are one of the same. same. I've never seen them in the same room, and That's I have true. to believe that they are secret. separated at birth. My cross to bear. So yes, that's my. But all, all you know, so in '66, his drawings are in the uh, in TV Guide almost every week, mm-hmm. uh, and says so Marlo Thomas and that girl and David Carradine and Shane. Um, as you said, uh, Tarzan, Ron, Eli, and Tarzan, mm-hmm. uh, the Time Tunnel, 
I mean, there's so many great ones. Yeah. And, and those are the those are the ones that people really don't know about. When they talk about Hirschfeld and TV, TV Guide, yeah. they're thinking of the covers. Because you have to go through the pages of the TV Guide to find these drawings. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to know what you're looking for. We just have these. Fortunately, Hirschfeld was, uh, in a way, his, a great archivist because not only did he subscribe to TV Guide, but they would send him copies right. uh, when um, the drawing appeared. So he had them in the studio. Yeah. Uh, I think I've said before that when I first came into Hirschfeld Studio, I thought he was a pack rat because there were all these old magazines lying around until I realized that all these magazines, and they were of every kind you could imagine, all had Hirschfeld drawings. Wow. In so, but then when the 70s start... So does the return of Hirschfeld covers to TV right. Guide. The yeah. first one in 1970 is Carol Burnett, mm. who had a wonderful, uh, her own variety, comedic variety show yeah. on TV. Um, that drawing is in a private collection now, but it is a, he really is great because he, he uses a dry brush technique that, um, yeah. especially in the background, that uh, is very colorful and very effective yeah. um, and really highlights uh, uh, Carol Burnett. Now, years later, uh, Hirschfeld got a little bit into hot water. He was talking to Alex Witchell. I think he thought it was off the record. Mm. And uh, Alex obviously felt different. Uh, but she did an article for the Times in which she quoted Hirschfeld extensively saying that the problem with Carol Burnett, uh, she had, was just back on Broadway, and Hirschfeld was complaining about that Carol Burnett was hard to draw now because she had gone in plastic oh. surgery and her face had lost all of its character. Oh, no. And for Hirschfeld, that's what he looked for. Oh, no. You know, he and uh, later Carol Burnett would meet him at a party and apologized to Hirschfeld. Oh, no. So, and Hirschfeld was the last person to want to hurt someone's feelings right, like that. Right. He had never intended that. Oh. And uh, I think everybody knew that it wasn't done with any malice. Right, right. Uh, Hirschfeld was just really talking about the, 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 the challenges that he faced. Mm -hmm. He wasn't seeking to <laughs> uh, uh, pick on Carol Burnett. Right, right. But then over the next few years, he does what I consider some very classic covers. Mm. And for I'm, I'm going to be 52 tomorrow. And <laughs> so for someone my age, these covers are the ones that we saw. Gotcha. So <clears throat> they were Sonny and Cher. And if you oh, ever yeah. saw, if you ever visited Hirschfeld in his studio, he had a reproduction of this mm. uh, on the wall like behind his barber chair. Yeah, it was a, it was a full size. It was the size of the original drawing. Right, right. And... Uh, it was a great one. Yeah. And then there's Maud, uh, uh, Chico and the Man, mm -hmm. Rhoda, Howard Cosell. I mean, today, I mean, Howard Cosell was the sportscaster that you couldn't even imagine existed could exist today. But oh, he really? was a he was a very big figure in the seventies. Uh, Peter Falk and Columbo, yeah. Tony Randall in a show in which he played a judge. Uh, Kojak, there's a great one with Kojak and Telly Savala sucking on the lollipop, mm -hmm. which the character did. Uh, and he's there with his brother, uh, George Savalas. Um, Frank Sinatra, I know this person. So in addition to the TV shows that he captured, he did. Uh, Frank Sinatra was having a special on television mm -hmm. in 1977. And so he rated a cover, and he rated a cover by the great Hirschfeld. Uh, I think... 
pretty sure that Sinatra would acquire that work. Oh, interesting. Uh, I because was 77. Yeah, uh, uh, Frank Sinatra, as you, if you listen to our Manchurian Candidate mm-hmm. uh, podcast, right. was a big fan and a big collector of Hirschfeld artwork yeah. of himself. <laughs> of course. Uh, Johnny Carson, again, a name that seems to surprisingly have uh, uh, left the building in a way. Mm. You know, uh, people, young people today don't have any idea, but his Tonight Show was a staple. When they talked about late night television in the mm. 70s and in the 80s, you were talking about Johnny Carson. Interesting. And uh, Here's Johnny was a huge thing. And, and Hirschfeld, would, when he did retire, which was a big cultural event, mm. uh, Hirschfeld did a drawing of him with some of the characters he played on The oh, Tonight yeah, Show because yeah. he would do little skits and right, gags. Right. And it's a wonderful piece. It was later published as a lithograph. Um, so there's also All in the Family. I yep. mean, Norman Lear who created All in the Family and so many wonderful shows like The Jeffersons, like Maud, uh, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. These were really landmark shows, groundbreaking shows. Uh, Archie Bunker would not be out of tune with some people today. He was a guy who lived in Queens who was completely bigoted and saw the world in only one way and everything else was wrong. Mm, Uh, Rob Reiner, um, the great director, uh, played his son-in-law, who he constantly referred to as Meathead. Sally Struthers played his uh, daughter, and um, uh, Gene Stapleton played his wife. Mm. And the drawing just shows Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker, and Gene Stapleton, who played Edith, uh, on the cover. And it's great. Uh, It's a white background, and he gives all the color to uh, Archie Bunker's green plaid jacket. Yeah. uh, And uh, Gene Stapleton's hair. Yeah. Um, It's a really... it's, It's... it's a terrific piece. And then uh, this sort of melds into the, the early 80s, which again, for a person my age, these shows were the ones we all watched. Fantasy Island, mm. uh, Barney Miller. And then, of course, one of the longest running shows on TV, or used to be, MASH. Alan Alda, uh, the star of the TV uh, adaptation of MASH. Um, these were all really uh, great covers. And then there was the Laverne and Shirley cover, which was never used, but it's right. a great piece. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to Carol Burnett. Well, that was the Laverne and Shirley was 1982. And then he doesn't do another cover or drawing for TV Guide for eight years. Wow. And when he does uh, the next cover of Carol Burnett, it's just black and white. Wow. I don't know who decided that, if that was Hirschfeld's mm-hmm. choice or the art director's choice. But be- by being black and white, it actually made you look at it. Yeah, because uh, it was so different than everything else on the exactly exactly it does make sense that was in 1990 Mm -hmm. Uh, he then would uh do a a drawing of the original cast of star trek yeah uh but in 1998 he does something that is truly historic right uh it's the first time that the magazine comes out with different covers the same Mm. magazine with different covers and this is the tv guide saluting the finale of seinfeld the the TV sitcom, and the four covers are of uh, the four lead characters in the TV series, and they're wonderful. And every TV guide makes the bet that people love the show so much you wouldn't buy just one. You buy all of them. You would buy all four. Right. 
And they were right. Mm. Uh, it was a great selling issue of TV Guide. Mm. It got on the news <laughs> because it had these different covers. In a in a week in which everyone was talking about the farewell to Seinfeld, mm-hmm. these TV Guide's covers were mentioned all the time because Aww. it was a real cultural si- signifier. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Now, the next cover he would do would be uh, about a, uh, a year or so later, he does a cover of the cast of Ally McBeal. And the interest, interesting thing about the Ally McBeal cover is it's a gatefold cover, which right. means that when you first saw it, you only saw half the drawing. And when you opened up, it was a fold-out cover. Right. And it had all... Uh, Eight, the whole cast. Yeah, the, the, the top eight people who were in that cast led by Calista Flockhart. Oh, there's 10. One, two, oh, three, there's four, ten. four I'm five, sorry. six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Excuse me, my math <laughs> is not what it used to be. I can count to 10, so I'll correct you anytime that needs help. Uh, but again, it's also a black and white cover, and it is exciting to look at. It is, yeah. by this point, uh, performers felt that they were in uh, line with a, a legacy. Mm. You know, not and as a TV performer, maybe you never saw the Broadway work. Maybe you never left Los Angeles, but you did know the TV guides. Yeah. And for those who knew uh, the TV guides, and to have your have your picture on the cover of TV Guide drawn by Hirschfeld was a huge honor for sure. most people, and and they loved it. And and TV Guide recognized that. Mm-hmm. I think they started to save him for the very. You just didn't pull out the special ones. Yeah, yeah, for shows that wouldn't be you wouldn't remember after a season or two. Right, you right. kind of saved Hirschfeld for the greatest. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Friends was coming to a conclusion, I think they thought they might do a Seinfeld like six different covers, mm-hmm. and he did do six paintings. Well, Friends ended in two thousand four. And this oh. is 2000. Oh, I only know that because my mother was obsessed with Friends way before I was. Mm-hmm. But I got really into Lost and I taped over the Friends finale so I could recording the Lost premiere and I got in trouble. They haven't so spoken only, since. Yeah, that's the only reason I know that Friends was over in 2004 is because Lost started in 2004 and I had taped over Friends and I got in trouble. Maybe it was 2003. It was It was not 2000 though. It was still going strong here. It was still going strong. Yeah, and yeah. I think they had intended to do a six cover right. uh, edition. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they decided not to. And they wouldn't publish the drawings for a couple of years. Maybe... Oh, you know what? I think they were published when Friends ended. Yes, but so, on the inside of the magazine. Yes, inside. So this was um, after Hirschfeld had passed away. Yes, that they were published exactly um, in the interior. But I think you're right. It does seem like they wanted to do um, right. I'm, six I'm pretty sure they wanted to do of everybody. The covers. And then, well, then speaking of TV Guide Canada, then they are on the cover. Yes, we've got boyfriends, and then we've got girlfriends. Two separate covers. Yes. Black and white drawings uh, of uh, the three male leads and the three female leads. David, can you name all the friends? I love making uh, like I do this once a year for for David, and you usually get it. You can do it. I can uh, uh, Chandler, of course. Got it. Uh, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, Russ. Ross. That was really close. (laughs) But there, yeah. Joey. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe. Great. And now I can't do it. Monica. Monica, yeah, right. Yeah, Okay. So after... What, Monica was Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, yeah. That was my favorite. And you my forgot favorite. her? I'm a total Monica. 
Just not I a thought you were total <laughs> Mickey Dolans. I am a Mickey Dolans. Mickey Dolans meets Monica. All right. So if that after- doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. <laughs> All right. So we're done with Friends. Now we're going to December 2001. Yes. So this would end up being Hirschfeld's last piece for TV Guide. And it comes at the end of a very uh, historic year and, mm-hmm. and sort of scary year for the country. It's 9-11, happens in September. And uh, this uh, issue is sort of dedicated to America. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, it's, it's, Hirsch, it's a Hirschfeld painting of an American flag waving against a sort of dirty green background. Edward R. Murrow background. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget exactly what they say. It's like long may it wave by Hirschfeld. Um, and it's sort may, of a yeah, fitting... May it ever wave. May it ever wave. Oh, yeah, it's a... It's sort of a fitting tribute to the end it's of his... It's very nice. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it's like taking out the flag at the end of a performance yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, it's a sort of a suitable conclusion to a history that had spanned uh, almost a half century. Wow. And yeah, which means it represents very, very a little close. bit more than Hirschfeld's, <laughs> half of Hirschfeld's right. career, which is the craziest part yeah. of that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, he would continue to draw TV, um, not just for TV Guide, of course, uh, but the TV Guide drawings are really something special. There's a, yeah. we have, you can go to our website, of course, in the show notes, you'll see links to all the TV Guide drawings that we've talked about and uh, a, a number of other ones. There's, we have documented over 100 drawings uh, yeah. that appeared either on the cover or inside TV Guide. Which is a lot. Um, you can also go to our website and in the advanced search, look for all TV drawings. Yeah. Uh, you can break it down by uh, years if you want to or specific yeah. dates and you can find what TV drawings he did. Yeah. Um, it became, especially very late in his career, producers would often ask Hirschfeld to do a drawing of the cast. They mm. would make them into prints and then give it out to the cast right. and the crew. I know like King of Queens, Party yes. Five, another, another Friends drawing. Right. Uh, yeah, Alias, Allie McBeal. Just well, I guess me. Allie McBeal's for TV. Yeah. 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 Uh, that well, Alan McBeal was never made into a print. Oh, that's um, right. Why King of Queens. Yeah. I remember when the King Cheers, of Queens. Cheers, Fraser. Oh, Cheers goes back yeah. even later. But when King of Queens, so the producers are great. They uh, they do it. He does a great drawing of Kevin James, um, Leah Remney, and uh, Jerry Stiller. It's a great drawing. They make a a a, a, a lithograph of it mm. and to give it out to the cast and crew. And Kevin James, who I find is a funny person sometimes, uh, gets it, and he doesn't know who Hirschfeld is. And he's like, what is this? Why are they giving me this cartoon? Oh, no. Uh, He eventually learns. I think he sort of gets a little bit of respect for Hirschfeld. uh, I'm sure Jerry Stiller was happy to tell him because, of course, Jerry Stiller had been drawn by Hirschfeld and was conversant in Hirschfeld as much as anyone. Well, that's good. So you can find all of these um, on our website. Before we end, what is your favorite TV piece? I'm all about putting you on the spot this week. Uh, my favorite TV piece. That would be a little hard to um, uh, to say. You know, I love those it seven... It doesn't necessarily have to be TV Guide. Yeah, but it's going to be TV Guide because those oh. covers are so okay. remarkable. Uh, I love 
You sound like the Kojak one. I don't, I, you know, not that I was a big fan of that show, but I love that cover. Okay. Uh, I love, uh, I love that Jack Parr one. Yeah. Um, I, you know, for someone who grew up with it, it's very hard to separate the sentimental feelings because I remember right. when some of these things right. happened right. or, you know, this came to represent that show. Gotcha. So even the, even uh, Alan Alda and MASH, which mm-hmm. I used to watch, uh, that cover has sort of come to take the place of the whole show. Aww, you know, it's yeah. the sort of shorthand of it. Right. So I love that. What did you, What is your favorite TV Well, mine drawing? is a non-traditional TV piece, and I thought of it as we were talking. Sure. It is the Elvis 1968 special <laughs> drawing. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Obviously, because that was his big comeback on television in December 1968, and Hirschfeld does a drawing for the Times. I think it's very revealing that Elvis Presley, he does a drawing of Elvis Presley in 1956. And yes. now Hirschfeld at that time has only been drawing Colliers? for 30 years. It's a, he, oh, yeah. he, did, he did it for Colliers. So Hirschfeld's been working for 30 years. He draws mm-hmm. this new oh. sensation, Elvis Presley, uh, you know, big star, yep. known all, soon known all around the world. In 1968, so 12 years 12 later, years. Elvis is making a comeback. And <laughs> Hirschfeld has never gone away. Yeah. And... And Elvis makes this comeback, mm-hmm. and he eventually becomes uh, as the you know fat Elvis. Yeah. Well, we hit the high point with Aloha from Hawaii, and then it's all downhill from there. Uh, Elvis fans, please save your hate mail. Yeah. Oh, Elvis week is over. Last week was Elvis week. That so is true. We should have done an Elvis episode <laughs> <laughs> next year. <laughs> but what's what is remarkable about that is Hirschfeld had been on the scene for three decades right. before Elvis started. And, and it would be on another three decades after Elvis. Right. Uh, after that comeback drawing. Yeah. And he never, well, Hirschfeld never has a comeback because he never goes away. Right. And as we said, as we sit here in Manchester, he 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 hasn't gone away. He's gone and he hasn't gone away. He has not left Her, the building. Uh, he's like the man who came to dinner. He's <laughs> never leaving. <laughs> And thank goodness, you know, thank goodness. So if you haven't heard enough today, uh, you can go to our website, uh, alhirschfeldfoundation.org. You can look for us uh, on Facebook at... Uh, The Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And then we're on Twitter and Instagram at Al Hirschfeld. Uh, We post something every day. It was somebody's birthday today, and that's what I posted. Dorothy Parker's. That's right. That's right. I was like, oh, it's a big one. I forgot. My best one, uh, the other week they announced that Bruce Springsteen was playing on Broadway. And uh, it just so happens, you know, we always are looking what drawing was done on this date. We like to do that a lot. And I'm looking at the drawings, and sure enough, in uh, 1992, Hirschfeld's drawing of Bruce Springsteen appear on the paper the same day. That's crazy. So I did a tweet and I said, Springsteen, uh, you know, it's great that Springsteen's coming to Broadway, uh, but he's already been drawn by Hirschfeld on this date, 1992. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we're... Springsteen fans like everybody else and it was a great day when well, Bruce Well I wouldn't say that <laughs> Almost everybody else Is he the boss? Is that what his thing that is? That is, is he's okay, the boss okay, okay. Uh, and But he retweeted us he and retweeted it was us. very exciting Yes, It's always no, wonderful No it totally was exciting No, it was, it, it was great and we wish Bruce uh, we hope he breaks a leg on Broadway Yeah, and uh, we'd like to see the great things on Broadway so We're coming up to a new season uh, if you do nothing else, if you don't go to our website and you don't go to Facebook and you don't go to Twitter, you don't go to the Al Hirschfeld Foundation shop.org, you don't buy the Hirschfeld Century book, go to see a show. 
Yeah. Go see um, a show either on Broadway, off-Broadway, in the town where you live. Mm-hmm. Support live performance. Get into it. Participate. Volunteer. Donate. But support uh, live yeah. theater. That all sounds good, David. But it is cheaper just to go to our website. It is. Right. That's what cost anything. <laughs> Shameless self promotion. Shameless self promotion. All right, so we. Uh, oh, we forgot. You can uh, you can find the podcast at alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts. S is for um, Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar, it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you when we do. We'll see you next time. Bye.